0: Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a Pixar movie. So come on. What else are you going to say? You know, just forget it. It's called Coco. My guest today, Benjamin Bratt, plays a part. To me, it's like two parts. (laughs) It's like he's alive and then he's not. But I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to welcome you, Benjamin, to explain
1: what Coco is to the world. Nice to see you, first of all. Yeah, it is. Coco is quintessential Pixar in that it's, it's going to be a wild adventure. It's going to be funny, and it, it will likely move you. What Except I,
0: they've never done anything like it nothing before. Nothing like it. Right? The, the
1: difference in this case is, for, at, at long last, they're setting against the backdrop of Latino culture, specifically Mexican culture. Uh, around the celebration of the Day of the Dead, which is uh, a beautiful recognition of those who have come before us. It's a time once a year, around Halloween time, where people put on altars, remembrances of the people who have passed on. So that's the context in which this story unfolds. Miguel, who's the 12-year-old lead of the story, has a, has a passion to become a talented musician, very much like his, his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz. Which is the person I play. Right. This, this, this guy is, he's, he's the Mexican Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who's as famous for his singing as he is for his, uh, his star turns in Mexican cinema. The problem is he's dead, <laughs> as you say.
0: i that must have
1: been great when they offered you the role. <laughs> okay, Benjamin, you
0: know, you he's not a, dead guy? a lot. <laughs> you want to play a dead guy? <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, what happens through the magic of, of Disney Pixar films is, is Miguel through some set of mysterious circumstances, ends up in the land of the dead and he comes face to face with his personal hero. Uh, that sets them off on a journey where the boy makes discoveries about himself and where he's from, uh, what informs who he will be uh, in the future as a man. It's a beautiful, beautiful story and actually one that uh, I'm really proud of because of its what I think is a truly authentic depiction of a lot of the subtleties and the beauty that exists within the Latino culture.
0: Well, to me, it's always the case. The more specific somebody gets right. uh, artistically, mm-hmm. the more universal it is in the end. I 100% but agree with what that. you see in this movie, though, are people, families. Right. What really moved me about seeing it that way was... Grandmas, great-grandmas, everybody in, under the same roof. Right. Babies, you know, living in the same place. Right. You know, and the family was so crucial. And that's what we've lost a little of.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, it cannot be discounted how um, profound it is to, as a young person, in particular as a young person of color, grow up and not have images of yourself uh, reflected back to you uh, on the stories that, that the rest of the world enjoys. American cine- cinema, uh, or even the TV landscape up until more recent years, has not been accurately reflective of what we know to exist, which is this is an incredibly diverse and complex society that we live in, and it always has been. Um, you underscore the fact that that um, the current uh, divisive rhetoric that's... that's um, it does get released in
0: the time that we live in, uh, during a Trump presidency where we keep hearing right. immigrants described in the worst way possible. Right. Well, I,
1: listen, I w- I'll put it this way.
0: I want to hear
1: it. Where our most highly elected officials are, are interested in building walls and creating those, yeah. you know, and, and enhancing those divisions, art, and in particular this story, although I'm not sure it was the intent of the filmmakers, it, it creates a kind of bridge... It's a reminder that all of us, at the end of the day, we all are more alike than we are different. We all yearn to have a sense of identity, to understand where we come from, uh, to to know uh, who it is that we are. And and even in the face of going out and pursuing a passion or a dream, as is the case of young Miguel, and something I can relate to as a young man when I first started acting, you can do that and perhaps even achieve your dream, or even in the face of failure um, at achieving it, still remain true to who you are. And that's something that's relatable on a global level. Um, so but, I'm, I'm not only excited to be uh, in the film, I'm also excited that, I'm also proud that uh, it once and for all um, is a kind of um, reintroduction to the world on the complexity of who we are as people.
0: Well, it is for you a lot of where you come from. Now, you're, on your mother's side, it's Peruvian?
1: She's Peruvian, right. So my mother, uh, as, a, as a girl of 14, mm-hmm. was under the wardship of her grandmother, who was a domestic worker for a wealthy American family. Mm-hmm. So she was brought to San Francisco, a wealthy enclave of Pacific Heights, in the 1950s. Two years after her arrival, her grandmother passed away. Uh, so when my mother met my father, they had five children together. From my earliest remembrances, my mother's teaching to us were the importance of family. And for the most part, I was raised by a single mother. They divorced when I was four years old. And so, as a professional nurse, by training, at a certain point, you know, we fell on hard times. I was a welfare kid for about three years. And you know, there were times when the water was turned off, the lights were turned off, but through it all, I don't have any sense of um, sadness or um, uh, even a, a remembrance of struggle, really, because there was always the warmth of familial love. And that's something that she instilled in us that I now find myself uh, unconsciously teaching to my own children. My wife, Talisa Soto, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a, an actress of Wonderful Puerto Rican actress. descent, yeah. thank you. Uh, and so our children, naturally in our household, it's not something we even sit them down and have to educate them about. It's just part of their world. And it's part of the world that, that most of us, including you living here in New York City, recognize. This is the world we live in and that's what makes it beautiful and interesting and strong and um, this other narrative that's being um, pushed out there by the dominant culture or at least those in power who want to keep those divisions highlighted um, it's just false it's just completely false and never been historically
0: accurate and there's a lot of stereotypes too that right. that can be played into you know and t- well I mean you've played both sides of that you've been True. on the cop side you know right. you, how many law and orders
1: have you done it had to be more than a hundred. Yeah, it was a hundred episodes. No, that's a very astute observation. And as a young actor, now thirty years ago is when I came down out uh, of graduate school to start um, in 1987. La Bamba had just come out the summer prior, so there was some interest in, "Hey, let's this sleeping giant seems to be waking up. How can we kind of capitalize on this?" So, the door crept open just a little bit, but by and large those early roles I was offered were drug dealers or gangbangers or... Now, I've been very fortunate um, since since those humble beginnings to be able to mix it up. And now on some level, understand the, the importance of taking on your own authorship of your story. So I've made a couple of movies with my brother to that end. He's mm-hmm. a writer and a director. La Mission is one I'm very proud of, as well as another film called Follow Me Home. But, you know... Um are, are, we, are we at a point now in, in modern society and within the industry where things are starting to change? I think so. I think um, to a much slower degree when it comes to American cinema. Um, but if you look at the streaming landscape or the television landscape, outside of, particularly outside of network TV. It's a it's a pretty optimistic outlook in terms of its reflection of what we know to exist in the it diversity. It Should be, but yeah. it's
0: taken so long. It's taken a you long know? time. It's great to enjoy the fruits of that, but right. I re- I really really liked a movie you made about Miguel Pinheiro where oh, right. he was. This is he's part of this culture, right? But it became a story about an artist uh, right. and the soul of one, mm-hmm. and what it does to you to be that person, right? You know, very difficult to project to a large audience and yet to reach the part of the audience that you're trying to reach first Mm. is everything that Coco is. Mm. There's going to be a lot of people that see it just because it's a Pixar movie. And what happens to them after this is that they can take it home and live with it and discuss it.
1: I agree. And I, for myself, that's the hope. Mm -hmm. Um, again, uh, art, um, and I think this is a piece of art. I actually think it's a masterpiece. I think it's their best film yet. I know that sounds like grand talk, but they're nothing up at Pixar if not um, genius craftspeople. They know how to tell a story. Mm. And they know how to tell it well. And um, they've truly outdone themselves in this regard. It's visually stunning. I don't think I've seen anything look as beautiful as this does. And... The one thing I've always appreciated about their storytelling is they're not afraid, and even in the context of being the great entertainer to all ages, all walks of life, um, they never back off of emotional impact. They actually see it as, a, as an important component to their stories, and they amp it up to the nth degree in this film, and it takes a little bit of patience, but once you get there, it reminds you of just how Simple life can be in terms of what our real needs are. This, this need to um, uh, have a sense of belonging, to understand where we come from. It's a beautiful message. Your own kids who are
0: teens now.
1: I have a 12-year-old boy, 15-year-old yeah. daughter. Um, not interested in anything at all that, that I'm interested did. in. No. But. <laughs> I got him with this one, Peter. Got him I got him. got him. This is they, it. They haven't seen it yet.
0: <laughs> you couldn't get them into an early screening, huh? No, that was it. You didn't have any of that Paul. Didn't have that no. juice, no. You're going to have to stand online with the rest of the world to come and see. Oh, it. you
1: know, the full plan is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I don't know, buy a block of maybe 50 tickets and just have their friends. And this is something I'm really, really proud of. I, you know, look, I'm a workman. I have a very, I come from a blue collar background. My father was a tin knocker, which was a sheet metal worker, union man. So my, my whole approach to um, this body of work that I put together in the last three decades is really like building a foundation. It's like laying brick with mortar. Uh, so sometimes you take great gigs that have a purely artistic spirit to them. And sometimes you take it, you know, because you've got to keep food on the table. I'm just going to be real with you. This is one of those jobs where it kind of checked all the boxes uh, it's incredibly enticing to work with people who have the kind of track record they do. Mm-hmm. Lee Unkrich as a director, uh, Darla Anderson as the producer, and, and Adrian Molina, uh, who's of Mexican-American descent, as a co-director. Um, I believed them when, upon first meeting, they said they wanted to tell a story that that accurately reflected what they had come to learn about Mexican culture, which was all of the beauty and artistic expression and language and yeah, it's there familiar right? traditions that, that but your own kids that we know. seeing
0: it didn't grow up the same way you did so no. they're more accepting you know they don't feel like outsiders
1: i think world. you're 100 percent right when and i was so when i was a kid i didn't i didn't have anyone on the big screen that looked like me so i attached all my idolatry to actors like bruce lee for one mm-hmm. for absolutely um just because he was you know Timelessly cool, that guy. Um, but Clint Eastwood's early movies, Spaghetti Westerns, Dirty Harry series, Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin, uh, you know, Pacino, De Niro, Brando, of course. Um, but no one that specifically looked like me. But, yeah, you you grow up looking and you
0: think the world is reflected that way, that that's how it's going to happen. Right. You're going um,
1: and if back you don't, to... Yeah, and if you don't see an image of yourself, then how possibly can you have an well, idea that it's something you're... you're you, you're able to do. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get that lesson. I think the other thing that's really
0: interesting about what's going on with your career now, although people remember you from so many I mean, it's not just law and order. You right. you just had a couple of scenes with Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality that I still, when I see it, I just crack up. You know? <laughs> oh, it's just when, when she's just saying, You want to kiss you me? Kiss you, think me. You, you think I'm gorgeous. And you shove what in her mouth? I think it was. I, a, sho-
1: I shove a Snickers bar in my mouth. Snickers bar. She thinks she's getting yeah. a, a kiss. Yes, but she gets this.
0: Yeah, you, you know, get the I'll Snickers share
1: this bar. with you, and I've never shared it with Real. anyone else. Mm-hmm. It's a scoop. It's a scoop. We yeah. shot an alternate ending to that scene, which is instead of a Snickers bar, We actually planted a big kiss on her. But we discovered in the edit it came too early in the story. That you wanted to keep the the tension, tension the romantic tension up. And the payoff comes at the end of the movie now. But
0: the thing I was saying before I interrupted myself, (laughs) because I had to bring up Miss Congeniality, was this sense of you in the music world now. I mean, your character in Coco, he's not just a singer. He's a great singer. Everybody the most loves. famous singer, singer of Mexican in history. In the right? world. <laughs> you know, this is it. He's one of the great
1: ones. Right. So was it just you singing around the house all the time? Is that what? <laughs> Listen, there is there's incredible bitter irony in all of this, Peter, because I'll tell you right now, it, and I've said, this, I've said this since I was a young man, I would trade any, any ounce of artistic ability I have within me um, as a performer to be a singer. Above being a musician, above being an actor, because it's the one, it's the one talent that, that translates across all different languages and cultures. You bring it with you wherever you go. You don't need a script to entertain someone. You don't need an instrument or electrical hookup to perform. Um, and yet I've, I've, I've never believed that I had the skill. I never believed. I knew I didn't have the skill. skill? It what? just didn't come. Well, then how
0: does it happen?
1: How are you doing this? Ironically, it happens. Um, I
0: just think it's great, too, that your other show, you know, the, the show you're doing, Star, the lead dance. I'm show. surrounded you're by professional, professional singers. You're music, people. There's <laughs> nothing but music in Queen your Latifah, life. Latifah,
1: the three girls, yeah, Luke James, uh, you yeah, know, Evan Ross is now Ayo on the Rivera show.
0: is such a character. He's such a great, interesting guy on the periphery of this. He's never really come center to do it that's right
1: but he just sees it and feels all
0: Are you having a good
1: time doing that i am you know we were talking about lee daniels earlier lee loves to push the envelope um, oh it's pushed both personally and artistically and that's what drew me to working with him on this particular project um what also fascinated me was um and he shared with me early on this idea that jael rivera from the show star is loosely based on lee's own life when he first moved to Los Angeles and was a manager to acting talent at the mm-hmm. time. It, it, he's already on record, so I'm not giving up tales out of school, but, okay. he, but he was suffering from substance abuse at the time. And although he had the vision of an artist to recognize talent and how to cultivate it he couldn't help himself. He would always derail himself. And so that's kind of where I'm at now with this character. The hope is, because clearly Lee has redeemed himself and gone on to bigger and better things. That well, as thing. he
0: said to me, there's no character in any of my shows that isn't me. Is that <laughs> right? So that's great. They're there we all go. him. There we that's go. just the way it's going to happen and yeah. be. But this is the first time he had been on this show. So you Indeed. don't really know that we end in song. I don't know that. No. Yes, it, and Look at he's panicking now. I want out. No, oh, no. but can't you do a little smidgen of Remember Me? Because, okay. you know, this movie is going to be huge. The song is going to be nominated for an Academy Award, which means they're going to say to you, Benjamin Bratt, we, got, we want you on stage at the Kodak or something, but you singing. Know, you know what I song. want
1: to avoid, though? My Snow White moment. And you know what 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 I'm talking
0: about. That's a Rob Lowe special thing. I didn't say that. That, I'm just saying I I want to avoid my Snow White moment. I I know it. But I don't ask for the fall. I'm just looking a little bit of Remember Me because it's such a great song.
1: Remember me, though I have to say goodbye. Remember me, don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart. Remember me beautiful
0: no it's just oh come on it is when you go see the movie people you're going to get high notes like you've never believed (laughs) i don't know how they came out of you but they did you know they they tortured you i'll say this i
1: recorded every song (laughs) Mm -hmm. that uh, my character sings and i'm sure i'm sure the geniuses at pixar added their special sauce to (laughs) to enhance sonically whatever we lay out. that's down.
0: okay when you look at it you say i'm great listen to me <laughs> no, you know when good. i look
1: at it i'm going to tell my kids at long last you can no longer tell me to not sing to the car radio because you think i sound bad i'm a paid professional singer <laughs> you are mic drop this is it hey <laughs> fabulous pleasure. to meet you yeah you great. too indeed <laughs>
0: that was good